Welcome to Horrorscape. I'm Luke. I'm Ricky. And I'm Rebecca. Uh, hey, everybody. Thanks for uh, tuning back in and listening here. Um, we are going to uh, look into... Oh, shit. What year is this? Uh, anyway, we're going to look into Color of Space. Color Out of Space, sorry. Um, the one starring Nicolas Cage, uh, directed by Richard Stanley. What year is this? It was soon. Um, 2019, I think. 2019, yeah. I guess that's not soon anymore, but yeah. And for the synopsis, a secluded farm is struck by a strange meteorite, which has apocalyptic consequences for the family living there and possibly the world. Yeah, this movie rocks. Uh, It is possibly the world, isn't it? Because we don't really get... We well, don't really get anything about whether it's just an isolated incident or not. Yeah, we. I guess we don't know. I mean, we. The ending kind of says oh. that things have moved on. So seems isolated, anyway. Seems to be yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it just went back somewhere, somewhere like where it came from or something. Yeah, that, that's kind of what I took away from it too. Is that it, it went away. Yeah, um, so this movie is, it kind of states there's a, a guy, Nicholas Cage, living on a farm, his family, um, kind of have a, a decent, decent family going on there, and then it's like a meteorite hits, and things just get a little crazy, there's a lot of, of magenta everywhere. Oh, yeah. It is truly a color out of space, and the color yeah. happens to be magenta or fuchsia, yeah. whatever you would call it. Apparently, um, it's a stinky color. <laughs> it's a smelly <laughs> color. Yeah, it's interesting. I uh, I meant to read the story, like the original H.P. Lovecraft story. I meant yeah. to read it before we did this episode, and I had it pulled up on my computer today. And I just never got around to it. I I like skimmed it, and I noticed. Like, you know, it's a pretty true to story film. I mean, the whole, like, all the well stuff and the number of kids and the family and, like, some of the names are the same and all mm. of that. I mean, it seems pretty, pretty true to the original story, which I think was published in, like, 1927 mm-hmm. or something. I mean, you know, you kind of have to remember that this is a story that is transported from, you know, a hundred years ago. Yeah, almost. totally different 
era and way of thinking, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Which is why I'm absolutely going to read the actual story after this mm -hmm. episode is over, because I want to see how this turns out in 1927. Like, I want to see how it how it unfolds. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it seems crazy. I just want to see how what what 1927 crazy was. I know that he yeah. really, really wanted like a true alien story for that. And it's like, OK, well, I just want to see what a true alien story is. I don't know. To me, this is a pretty true alien story. Yeah. And what will be interesting to see would be, because a lot of the, the telltale alien science and happenings are, for me, like technology-related things, the cars, yeah. and cell phones. So that clearly isn't going to be uh, exactly. in the original story. So see what... I know that, like, animal, like, deformed animals and, like... And like a, a harvest, like a crop that looks great and tastes horrible. I know that those are things that happen yeah. in the story. So I guess you're just with the modern era, you're able to just add a few more little touches, modern yeah. touches yeah. to it. And that's fun. And I love the scene of Nicolas Cage just biting into all the tomatoes. <laughs> and the he just spits like, angrily into bad. the sink. While his wife's like, his wife's like about to, to divorce him, and all he can focus on is like spitting out fruit. <laughs> Are you paying attention to me? <laughs> and then she like walks away, and he's like, "Yeah, honey, that's a great idea." Yeah, jeez, I didn't. When I first watched this, I know I mentioned before we started recording, this is the second time I watched this, and it was just as good the second time. But the first time I watched, just I loved how I had no idea what to expect. Like even from the beginning, yeah. With, with that, the sound design from the beginning is awesome, and it just kind of it sounded like kind of like some kind of spacecraft was like descending upon me in my apartment, just the way it sounded before anything showed up on the screen. Mm -hmm. Like when you just saw, like the Spectre Vision logo, and that's it, the title card. See, I started the first time I started watching this uh, when it came out. I, I don't know what I was doing, but I had like my AirPods in. I was listening to it and watching it off of an iPad. And, I was like, and then I got maybe about like 20 minutes into it. I was like, no, no, I can't do this. So I had to actually put it on the TV. And... Like it was just too much to have right in your ears or it just didn't sound right or. No, I was just so into it that it was just. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I wanted the full experience, you know, yeah. a, a better experience. Yeah. Oh, this was perfect. This was perfect for me to use the um, colored LED backlights that I have on my TV. Like I made uh, it like yeah. that bright pink color and it was perfect. Nice. Yeah. yeah. That's a fun experience. Yeah. And uh, the thing I, I read the thing about the the magenta that comes through this and they, it, I guess they specifically chose that color um, because it's like a a true like defined color that's between red and blue and they said something like like red red and blue are supposed to be polar opposites one is supposed to represent like good and one's supposed to represent evil and, oh yeah that is cool i they don't think i would have thought of that yeah they chose the color i think by splitting the rgb like directly down the middle mm. yeah and something like that. something weird too about like magenta is is like a rarely seen color. It can only be seen by you know very particular parts of the human eye or something like. That. So yeah, 
Yeah. Ooh, and that reminds me, I was reading about the original story, and I do remember there were details about the alien or the color or whatever that it was supposed to be just like really hard to perceive. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that is really cool. That's cool. It's color theory, yeah. which I'm starting to learn about in my job, coincidentally. <laughs> um, but but I think it, that's super cool. Yeah. That, this is kind of the random uh, IMDb trivia stuff I've seen just skimming through it. But yeah. Mm. I usually look at IMDb trivia for these, oh. and I didn't for this one. So I'm counting mm. on you guys for that. <laughs> I usually don't, but that's one of the rare times I have. So. Yeah. Ooh, lucky. Yeah. Um, all right. Here's a trivia for you. The hydrologist Ward Phillips is derived from HP Lovecraft. HP is Howard Phillips. Mm-hmm. So oh. Ward Phillips. I was wondering about his name, mostly his first name, like Ward. Like for me, I think of Ward Off. You know, yeah, and he was kind of like the warning guy. He was trying to like ward off by being there, like this threat or whatever. Like he perceives the threat to be in the water and everything. But um, yeah, it's just I every so many things popped out at me while I watched it the second time, like the ward thing. And I'm so glad you said Howard Phillips because I didn't, I wouldn't have thought of that one. Yeah, because he's uh, it opens with him narrating very much sounds like uh, it's straight from the story. It is because I looked it up, it is straight from the beginning of the story, and then his narration at the end is from the end of the story. So, it's cool. Yeah. I mean, I think in the in the yeah, in the sto- original story, he's a surveyor, like that's his. I think title. he's the narrator in the original story, yeah, too. yeah. yeah. So they're keeping really close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot, I, don't know. A lot, I haven't read like a massive amount of Lovecraft. I do have a friend who's a big Lovecraft fan, so I had discussions with him just out of curiosity. Got a compilation. I haven't, but yeah, I'll get to that eventually. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand, a lot of Lovecraft stories have like some. It's like an, a reaccount from some guy who witnessed the event. So. Yeah. A lot yeah. of times there's going to be like one survivor or yeah. or their diary maybe is found or something. Kind of like a found footage thing. But uh, a lot of times it's like they're in a police station at the end or whatever. They're like, yeah, this yeah. is the thing that will haunt me for the rest of my life because it was <laughs> indescribable horror. And I don't always fully understand what happened. Yeah, always got to leave one of those tortured souls behind. Yeah. And I know that the name Lavinia is from one of his other stories. I can't remember mm-hmm. which one. I think it it's is. a town or something like that in another one of his stories. I don't know, but all I know is that if you name your kid Lavinia, you know she's 100% going to get into some witchy shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, you don't just <laughs> name your kid Lavinia and not expect her to get involved in the occult. That's just my yeah. opinion. Is born to be goth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I don't uh, know if I'd seen too many of these people before, except for Nicolas Cage and his wife. Yeah. A little boy, Jack, he was in Haunting of Hill House, and I think he was on. Oh. He was on, and he was one of Wanda's children on WandaVision. And then there was oh, Tommy, Tommy Chong, of course. I think that's, yeah. 
Oh, that's right. That I was, was the gonna big mention surprise. Him later. I was like, "Holy crap!" <laughs> does the time does the timeline line up with that '70s show where like he just ends no. up out in the woods? No, <laughs> maybe I don't know. <laughs> maybe it, maybe at the end when he's like mummified, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, uh, Nicholas Cage and his wife. Oh, and the mayor who shows up. She was Pocahontas in A New World or The New World. Oh. Yeah, I've seen that, but it was like years and years ago. It took me like over half the movie to realize I'd seen the wife in The Patriot. Yes, she was uh, Mel Gibson's deceased wife's sister. And I want to say, is she Natasha Richards' sister? Oh, I might be wrong about that. I know. I mean, no, she is. Her name, Jolie Richardson. Yeah, she's Natasha Richards' sister. Yeah, it took. Like I said, it took me over half the movie to be like, oh, with her. So I don't know. But I don't know. Kids in movies, too. I always get suspicious of them. It seems like it's always the youngest kid who gets the shaft. Um, Good Lord. Same in this one. I don't hate these kids. The youngest Which I enjoyed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was about to say, well, the youngest kid, maybe not, but yeah. Yeah. One, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. uh yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about what what's going on here. So we kind of start with the the girl um our witchy, spell. our witchy lady doing the spell to basically get out of there. We found out like her mom has cancer, had cancer. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I I don't know if it was still there or not. But, she had an operation. That they yes. do say that, but yeah. yeah. And then she's like interrupted by the guy coming in, the surveyor or the the hydrologist, whatever they call him. He's he feels so out of place. Well, automatically yeah. in a movie where there's like a bunch of white people out in the country, you know, a black person shows up, and I'm always like, ooh, be careful. Oh. I just I'm always like that. I I remember I wrote this down, and I hated myself for writing it down, but I wrote color out of place. <laughs> Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, yeah. but that's what it felt like. I was like, "Ooh, you, you watch out. You need to take care of yourself, buddy." Well, this town also elected a Native American woman to the mayor. That's mm-hmm. true. And isn't it supposed to be in like Rhode Island or something or one of those places? Well, it's like made, yeah, Maine, New England. It's just like New Arkham. England. They're just down the road from Arkham. Well, Arkham. all of yeah, all of his, all of the things. Oh, like the towns that Lovecraft writes, he just kind of like makes them up and sticks them in New England. Mm-hmm. Kind of what it is, but I don't know. Out in the boonies, anywhere, you never know who you're going to get. Yeah. And Nicolas Cage is pretty. He gets more unhinged later, but he's got kind of this like really off-putting, unhinged positivity at the beginning that really like puts. Me yeah, off. he's super <laughs> positive. Like, I was uh, Latveria. Uh, like snaps at him. Latveria. Oh. <laughs> what? Okay. 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 So Luke just made up a new country. Is it Latvania? Latvania. Actually, Latveria is the home <laughs> of Doctor Doom. So it's Lavinia. Yeah, Lavinia. <laughs> he calls snaps him Lavinny. 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 Okay, Latvinia. Wait, Lavinia. <laughs> La- yeah. Uh, Lavinia, she said something about the alpacas, and you can tell he's like pissed off. And then he just says something really nice. Instead, yeah. I'm like, yeah, he's, you're kind of holding yeah. back your rage, but like, you know, 
Well, he's on. he's got that whole thing where he's like so focused on not being his father. Yeah. Um, like I remember the moment that had me rolling. Um, is like when they're he's on the porch with his wife with I guess it's Nathan and Teresa are their names. I need to use their names. Um, but they're like on the porch and he's talking about like how his dad you know, would never approve of anything, but he was like back on his farm. And that's the one thing he'd approve of. And then he did like the imitation of his dad mm -hmm. and it had me rolling. I mean, I can't even imitate it. You just like, you have to watch it to get it, but you, you know what it sounds like? Be professional, get out of here. It almost <laughs> sounds, it, sound like? it, it almost sounds like to me, like Nicolas Cage trying to do a Trump impersonation. Yes. <laughs> but you want to know where he, he's done this voice in another movie. Uh, it was Kiss of the Vampire in the 80s. Do you remember this movie? Oh, yeah. But he's like, what? A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Richard Stanley apparently loved that movie. There's a bit of trivia I read. And he said, could you just do that performance? And so he did. Yeah. <laughs> he call In the movie, he calls it, and I quote, I wrote this down because I thought it was just the weirdest thing to say, an intellectually abusive voice. That's what he said that his dad had was an intellectually abusive voice. And so I started laughing at that. And then I laughed even harder when he did the imitation directly after he said that. <laughs> so and their dialogue anyway in that scene is like equal parts, very awkward and very sweet. So I was also yeah. very like torn between that. I love but later. It's he's like, <laughs> get out of my face. Actually, let me do you a favor. I'll get out of your face. <laughs> I wrote down multiple things that he said, like multiple quotes. Um, <laughs> where, like where I wrote down, you have to be very gentle with the uh, boobs. When oh, he's milking no. the alpaca. Oh, That's a crazy. <laughs> it's so bad. I mean, What's it's on? good, but it's bad, you know? Mm. If I just get the flow going, you might get a little lucky or Ugh. something like that. Yeah. Uh. And then at the dinner table when he's like, everybody loves ducks. I, w I just was like. <laughs> what was uh. that meal? I can't. It was, it was like duck some, and veggie something. Some French something he was saying. Mm -hmm. I, I don't remember what it was. But yeah. I'd like duck and maybe one other meat in it. Duck and chicken, maybe, and some vegetables or something. Yeah, yeah and some spices or whatever. I just remember him saying, everybody loves ducks. <laughs> <laughs> the guy has a pretty good wine collection, too. Okay. Oh, yeah. So when she says, when she tells him to go down to the basement, she says, go down to the basement. And I remember this distinctly because it was worded. Weirdly, she says, go down to the basement and choose one of our finest. Mm -hmm. And the first time I watched this movie like this, I was I didn't I like I knew nothing about this family. I was like, this is a this is feels like it could be a really weird family. So I didn't know what that meant. Oh, bring, I was bring like, like a, ew, a, what if they bring up? You know what I mean? Like she says, blooded woman. Exactly. <laughs> When she says, go down to the basement, choose one of our finest. Like, I was kind of sitting there a little bit on the edge of my seat being like, what's, she, what's he going to bring up? And then it turned out it was just wine. And I was like, oh, because, of oh. course, that's what that means. But for a second, before I knew anything about this family, I was like, oh, what are we bringing up? Are so these serial killer family? Yeah, you don't know. I mean, they're out in the middle of nowhere. They can do whatever they want. 
Nicolas Cage maybe just puts me off from the start because I never know what to expect from him anymore. What are your intentions in this film? Yeah. Yeah, I think, and then it's like that night we get the um, the color, the meteor color thing. Mm -hmm. And I will say, just before I forget talking about the movie, I think part of the reason why I do like this movie so much is because to me, it, it seems like a very like realistic thing for an alien invasion, something different, but it yeah. could very well be possible. And I think it's really, one, it's like a different take on it, right? It's not, it's not something like science where it's like literally the little gray man or whatever. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, it's just like, this is, this is something completely that could happen. You know, it, it almost would, would uh, cause havoc in a way that, that your mind didn't understand. Mm -hmm. uh, of course, because it's alien, everything about it would be alien. So alien. We wouldn't understand it. That's, that's the definition of the word. And I was like, man, this is really cool because, you know, this is this is probably closer to what could actually happen. I mean, who yeah. knows what could happen, but the best our human brains can maybe come up with. Because it's highly unlikely that, you know, a, a ship is going to just land and little things are going to walk out of it. It's probably going right. to be something like this It's a, that could be a completely different, like, type of life form that we don't even know about yeah and i do like that because that's all correct for sure but i do also like that there's enough like maybe just enough of a similarity to like what you expect on earth like the mm -hmm. way that like you get like what looks like a pink like praying mantis or yeah. something you know what i mean or you yeah. get like strange flowers and like Right. It it like it it almost ma almost matches, but not quite. So you're yeah. unsettled because you're like something's definitely wrong here. But it's but it's almost like you know there's just enough of it kind of imitating mm -hmm. the space around it that it's really off putting. Yeah, it's like a off um a slightly off version of some attempt at assimilation or something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I like. Yeah. And the other thing that I don't I know I've mentioned it in a million uh podcasts before, but um we don't have to see much of what's going on mm. to to notice, you know, this movie I would absolutely hate it. and the example I would give is when the the sheriff kind of gets taken at one point by this like mm. creature type thing. We we barely see any of it. Yeah. Um, and, and where I would say, up out of sight. Yeah, I would say, you know, 95% of movies would be like, oh, we got to have this big ass monster show up with CGI and like butt cheeks and biceps. And, and no, we don't, we don't need this. I did write that down as a note. Like, I think I noticed it particularly later on when the mom, you know, turns into that creature. And um, the alpacas, too. Yeah, the alpacas. Well, I mean, I wrote down the thing. At that yeah. point, like a, like a bajillion times, I wrote it. You over don't, and over. But, you don't see it, right? So you don't yeah, see but much and it, I yeah. think that's smart, though. Like they give you just enough, like maybe a glimpse from far away, or like something really, mm -hmm. really close up, so you can't really take it in, or maybe it's like in the shadows a little bit. Yeah. I think that's smart. I mean, even if you do have the capability to create something digitally, 
you know, maybe that's not exactly what you need for that moment or that movie in general. Yeah. And I'm just not a fan of that kind of stuff. I, I think yeah. the more you reveal of something in most cases, the less um, mysterious and interesting it becomes. So. Yeah, there was a nice balance here. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the um, the uh, meteor kind of goes missing. We got some stuff in the well, like the the creature showing up. Just uh, just strange things uh, happening. Uh, like oh, we I love. I gotta say this really quick since you mentioned the well. I love at the beginning uh, the foreshadowing where the youngest kid tells his sister Jack tells Lavinia. He said, "Dad says if you look long enough, you can see the stars." Mm -hmm. in the well and i was like oh because it's space in the well yeah i don't well, know i just like got really excited about that in my, in my mind i was like well maybe he meant you know if you're standing there at night the reflection of the stars would show up in the water or something and i think that that's really what it means it's yeah. just that i know that there's that extra layer because that's that's like the portal it's like a portal yeah. For this thing out of space. So for me, I got really excited because I was like, you will see the stars because it's color <laughs> out of space. Right. So. Yeah, I don't know. It was just me being a nerd. Did we lose Luke? I think he, he, nope, there he is. <laughs> the cat. <laughs> oh, he's having cat problems. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um. Okay, do you guys think that the uh, the color was intelligent or just acting or just like more like a virus that's just is doing what it does? Kind of like uh, Annihilation, the, mm -hmm. what was that thing called? The Bleak? Oh, right. I only saw but, that once, but I remember really enjoying it. Yeah, I loved Annihilation. Uh, but in that one, it's more portrayed like this is just an alien virus. It's an alien right. cancer changing things, manipulating them just by how its natural nature, its nature is, not any, anything intelligent, just kind of what it is. So that's well, what I was curious. Yeah, this one's weird. It's for me, it's kind of hard to say just because mm -hmm. of the nature of like it comes here and then leaves seemingly yeah. of its own accord. Or, you know? it, or it came like, here by, you know, chance. Yeah, or something. Yeah, it's hard to say just because it hits this one area and then it's not like this family, like, quote, defeats it in any way because mm -hmm. they absolutely do not. But it just, like, goes. Yeah, they're Which, doomed. So it's, it's weird. It's hard to say. I, I would have to say, I think maybe it, it starts out as some form of, like, bacteria trace virus thing that is attached to the meteor um, that eventually seeps into the water and the well. But I think it, it maybe uh, grows and feeds off of what's naturally around it. So then when it starts being consumed by humans, like in, in the water and by animals, then it's almost like a... Um, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Like a virus that, that takes over its host to the parasite? point. Parasite? Yeah, yeah, like a parasite. That's yeah. it. 
So yeah, I think to a degree it actively kind of knows what it's doing because you've seen it, you know, grab that guy or whatever the 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 uh, police yeah. officer, and then it, you know, does things in response to things as we see mm-hmm. with with Tommy Chong. It like comes out of him, and then when it comes out of the the alpacas when people are near it. So it's like I think mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of both. It, it can kind of sense when there is a new host to try and yeah. go to but like when it enters the mom yeah. and but i don't think it's like sitting there thinking about you know like stalking a particular per- a person like it needs a host yeah like it needs yeah. a host to continue example yeah. yeah it's a very virus like i guess yeah this is where bit. i wish i'd read the story maybe it would have a little extra insight but I don't know. It seems like the story, though, from the or like the overview that I read, like it is just kind of a one-off, confusing thing because the surveyor is showing up at the beginning of the story to see what has happened to this area that they call the Blasted Heath, that is like covered in gray ashes and everything. Mm-hmm. And like it was like it was like some one of those things you hear about, like. I don't know. It makes me think of like the lore podcast that I used to listen to and I do not anymore, but it used to cover like weird like occurrences in history mm-hmm. from, you know, like long ago. Like I think in the original story, the event itself that the story is recounting was supposed to have happened in like the 1880s or something. And, you know, it's something that you don't you can't really capture in the way that you capture a strange phenomenon these days, obviously. Um so I don't know. I think the story also was mysterious about it. Like they still don't know the family that this happened to and everything. And we can't figure out why or for, you know, how long or whatever. So I don't know. Maybe it's just big old mystery. Look, what do you think? Since you're the one that brought that one up. Yeah. Um, whether it's intelligent or not, yeah. Uh, I, I yeah, I think you guys make valid points. Because uh, I, I was thinking of the scene where Jack is whistling at the well, oh, and yeah. something's whistling back. So that almost seems like communication, and communication definitely shows intelligence. Just and maybe it was just like uh, how would it maybe um. You know, absorbing different things. Um, maybe from where where it's from, it was more plant stuff, mm-hmm. and then when it got there, it started into, you know absorbing like actual intelligent beings, and it was like yeah. ooh, yummy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. learning new <laughs> learning new skills. Yeah, yeah, sure. that's funny. I'm glad you said mentioned him whistling to like you know this unseen entity because that's when i kind of got distracted by the whole trope that i kind of mentioned before and like i guess i'm mostly thinking about like haunted house movies where like the youngest kid something happens to the youngest kid or one of the younger kids in the family Mm -hmm. and then that kid has some kind of like starts behaving strangely and starts having these like weird connections to unseen people and you know, like in Poltergeist, where what's her name? Reagan. 
right? No, no, that's no Leanne. No. Leanne, yeah. yeah, where Leanne is like talking about these conversations she's having with the people in the TV, you know? Like, yeah. it just makes me think of all of those kids I've seen, like in The Conjuring and like all, all these kinds of, you know, kids having conversations with male, uh, malevolent yeah. entities, you know, who are trying to get into these people. So the creepy kid is definitely a trope that's played out yeah. some enough. Uh, this I'm... kid isn't creepy, though, to me. Yeah, he's kind of a normal kid. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't even get... To me, he doesn't even really ever sure, get that creepy. you sure about that? <laughs> not compared to kids... Not not compared to, like, other movie kids I'm thinking about. I don't know. Yeah, I'd the, say the, um... Oh, shit. What is that term from? Because I always think it's society when I see this movie. Um, what? Society. Oh, fuck. oh, society. The yeah. movie society. Yeah. yeah. About oh, no. no. <laughs> the whole. He, thought, he thought you meant small like, s society. No. We live in a society. No, 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 no. no We're no. living in a society. The movie society. society. What the hell is it called when they do their weird, like, orgy melding oh. thing? Um, Butt sucking? I don't know. No. it's there's, They use a specific term for it. But anyway, the, the end kind of reminds me of that. Slurping. Oh my gosh! Um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh crap! I'll look it up because uh, I know what yeah. I'm talking about. I want to give a special shout out to uh, to uh, the scene where he he uh, Nicholas Cage shoves his daughter in the attic with the spider mom thing. Oh god, That's pretty horrifying. It's called shunting. I just shunting. That's shunting. it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because yeah. I, I, I would, I'm just gonna go ahead and say this now is that like the first time I watched this, whenever the 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 two were kind of shunted together, Ew. was uh, like one of I I think I almost like stood up and started clapping when I was watching this. I was so yeah like it, it I just wasn't really expecting it. And then they did such a good job of, of not showing too much. You just see like a random like arm here. Yeah. Like a leg there. And then it's just like when the daughter comes down after having her like fit or whatever. Oh, and, and like peeks over the back of the couch. Yeah. And, and I was like, yeah, that, that's where I was yeah. just like, this is, this is insane. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just love that because you don't even see Nicolas Cage, but you hear him say, Lavinia, what have yeah. you done to yourself? What have you done to yourself? <laughs> you just he's, her... he's off screen. <laughs> what yeah. have you done to yourself? <laughs> yeah. He's such then, a dad. Yeah. Um no, Him but Ricky, I have to I have to do a disclaimer really quick. I when I said this kid wasn't creepy, I was thinking pre-shunting. Oh, okay. I definitely was because once he like becomes shunted with his mother, like I don't think of them anymore as, as, uh... as like those people. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, as like separate entities. I wasn't different. even thinking about that. I was just thinking about the kid up until he's no longer that kid by himself. Well, I think there's story. still like part of they still can think, and so I think they still are them because, like, in my mind, it's just because they make these noises, and you can tell it's just noises of like unspeakable pain and suffering, and that just goes on and on and on and it's not gonna stop because oh, like, yeah 
because he's like able to talk to her and she's like making oh yeah i'm definitely not arguing that they're not separate like they don't have separate consciousness consciousnesses yeah Um, i'm just saying like when i talked about the kid not being creepy i was thinking about him like before he was attached to another person and not (laughs) yeah not creepy in some like not creepy in the lead up to these like major horrific events like like unlike other children in other movies who seem to get like the brunt of the of the weird happenings right yeah Uh, when when the when she when he locks uh lavinia in the room with them then i do not believe they're like any more human clearly oh no when they're like the spider thing yeah but they're like but the whole time where they have begun the shunting and then yeah the whole transition thing is just is almost like a fantasy worst fear that could happen to any human being you know oh yeah i felt so bad for when um the dad left lavinia and benny alone in the room with Mm -hmm. them and it was like and there wasn't any real there wasn't really any dialogue it was just kind of them having to sit there with right with that and it was just like all you could really hear were the pain sounds and it was just like ooh i don't it's I hope we don't have to sit here yeah i was like i don't have i hope we don't have to sit here in here with them for much longer because like and i think that's what made it the whole thing great is just how uncomfortable it made you so yeah the, the way i guess i seen it was i it made me uncomfortable just knowing that the the feelings of discomfort I was feeling was like one one millionth 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 of what they were feeling. Yeah. So. Yeah. But it was strange when yeah. it first happened when Nathan or the dad, I think his name is Nathan. That's Nicholas. It's Nathan. Yeah. yeah. When he when he like goes outside and sees them, it's like he's almost like not surprised. He is to a yeah. degree, but he doesn't really react that much. Yeah. Which is pretty but- wild. Yeah, I think by uh, the effect that it that this thing seemed to have on him was, I guess, you know, he was trying so hard not to be like his dad and mm-hmm. he starts becoming his father, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's what his struggle is yeah. this whole time um, with like when he suddenly has that just straight up personality change, like his accent changing. He goes back into that voice that he does to imitate his father and he starts, you know, dropping all the f-bombs and the kids mm-hmm. are like oh you know he's all like telling them to clean up their language and suddenly he's cursing like a sailor so yeah, yeah. i mean mm-hmm. it's just these things that are that are subtly or not so subtly in his case kind of tearing this family apart even though they're all trying to deal with the same external threat which like makes the best makes the best movies when you have like internal tensions even when you're trying to band together to take on this external threat which you know like i said that's the best stuff and i like to how it kind of shows each individual member of the family dealing with it in their own kind of unique way just like the the even the mother where she's like making the food or whatever she yeah she's not like turning into her mother but she's you know, like spaces out or or becomes like unconscious to a degree, mm-hmm. and you know cuts her fingers off, 
Oh. Yeah. Oh, I just yeah. remember as soon as I saw her cutting carrots, I was like, "All right, she's gonna lose a finger." I just love that. Like, you uh, just know it. The little the little kid had just walked up there and just gets a face splattered with blood. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Mommy's hurt. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. And then like Lavinia when she's dealing with um. You know, she has to deal with the whole mother thing and then dealing with... Um, dealing oh, yeah, with her mother, and... like, slut-shames her. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then uh, she she does her, like, ritual before the the shunt reveal. And she goes, I guess, overboard with that. And then, you know, everybody has to deal with this thing happening in a completely yeah. strange and different way. I loved the detail though when she's doing her ritual for like protection and everything and she says like please get me out of here. Yeah. yeah. And then by the end of the movie you realize that that has actually come true for the most part. Like she's the one right. who could get out like she refuses to in the end. Mm-hmm. Um but she she gets that wish granted which is I thought back. I missed that kind of the first time how she hadn't included her family. She didn't say, like, get us out of here. She says, get me out of here. Yeah. I caught that the second time, not the first time. So you think she's part of the color now? She definitely was at, at yeah. the end, yeah. I mean, that, yeah. yeah. That ending struck me. That ending felt to me exact, almost exactly like the ending of The Witch. Um, oh, yeah. When, you know, where Anya Taylor-Joy... Wait, is that the one? Yeah. 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 I get her and Florence Pugh mixed up. Um, Yeah, where she, where she like, you know, her whole family ends up dead after all of this horrific trauma, and she ends up alone in the woods, and then just kind of gets, you know, joins that coven and just rises up into the air, and it looks like she's at peace, you know, and Mm -hmm. I was happy she's free. Yeah, I was like, ooh, I'm kind of getting big Robert Eggers vibes here. So maybe that was an inspiration. I don't know. Um, I wonder if Vinny got to join. He fell down that well. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> I like he pulled out the goggles to stare at it. Yeah, to look moment. at it. But yeah, yeah um, and and then um, the Tommy Chong character, he kind of is working really hard to make sense of what's happening because he clearly has some like spiritual something kind of personality that's trying to yeah he uh, seems to know exactly what's going on well i love that this is one of these instances where the crazy guy who's like aliens dude like he's actually (laughs) correct oh Oh, god (laughs) (laughs) and the 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 tv uh spot or whatever was extremely cringeworthy and i thought that was a pretty funny kind of relief to this like weird discomfort this whole movie brings oh yeah there was a sense of dread throughout this whole thing yeah. why didn't somebody bring me a comb <laughs> oh yeah there are yeah. there... <laughs> were you yeah. drunk when you saw this oh i like to have a little bird yeah, i like to have a little bird <laughs> there are some great great moments of comic relief in this like even yeah. the like, like when Ward goes back to see um, Ezra, the Tommy Chong character, and the cat's not there, and he goes, hey, where's G-Spot? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like that just, he says it so sincerely, like he's actually concerned. He's asking about the cat, but its name is G-Spot. So he has to say, hey, where's G-Spot? With, with like palpable concern. Well, it can't, I, to me, it comes back full circle whenever he's like, when uh, he's in town and the guy pulls up with the, the truck with the weird like shunted creature oh, in the back yeah. of it. And like lifts the thing up and then he sees the collar and I'm like, he found the G spot. No. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. I was like, I, I don't know if that was intentional, but that's where I went to. I love I love that nasty thing creature. Yeah. I mean, it is straight from the thing and it is wonderful. Oh the llamas, alpacas. Yes. Oh, I think I think it's just great that there's just the alpacas here. They themselves just kind of bring some weird vibe to all this. I, I think I just like everything, you know, about it. I, I like the feel, the music, the tones, the strangeness of it. Oh, yeah. You said it, the, what, it was like last podcast. Was like, we're just trying to find out what I like. Well, this is what I like. This I is like what these, Ricky likes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the things I like. And again, from last episode, I'm glad I'm not religious because rituals are time-consuming, and this poor little girl, she, she could do anything, but these rituals took up her day and fucked her up in the end. And, <laughs> you know. Her, um, I think her protection spell was had something to do with the way things did it for her as well, because you can see the, the mark on her forehead glowing yeah. Like, yeah. differently. So I think, yes, it yeah, turns maybe, out maybe, ritual paid off. Sometimes maybe rituals she's, pay off. Queen of the color out of space. Well, the disintegration would probably have happened with or without that ritual. And that's pretty much oh, what happened. She sent it to a higher level. Well, she that's the great thing. Start with. Well, that's the great thing. That's the mystery of it all. That's why yeah. this kind of thing is fun. I am glad it didn't have some after credit where she's like, yeah. um, I don't know, like pur a purple entity no. flying over that oh, planet you, you see yeah i feel like it was she never... just everybody had purple things coming out of their forehead she just happened to have a scar there so i just i think it had nothing to do with anything and she just disintegrated into the to the color yeah the space the, Nato, the space nato and then just went on with it that's why i like open-ended movies is we can all Think that think different things and it's fine. But mm -hmm. um, well, imagine her like flying over that alien planet with like the never ending, <laughs> the never ending story theme playing. Jeez, don't worry, everything's know. all right, guys. Oh, I didn't cool. know what to. I didn't know what to expect with her. I don't know. I mean, the rest of her family flies up to like we've we've done it, baby. She's the one with the Necronomicon. I mean, yeah, she. Every horror fan knows store. that reading from the Necronomicon always helps the situation. Also, H.P. Lovecraft, <laughs> inventor of the uh, Necronomicon. Yeah. yeah. For story purposes. Yeah. yeah. Well, not the real one. Not the real one. Because there is no real one. <laughs> even, even the fake one has too much ritual involved. It's just too much. Too much time. People got other shit to do. I got I got to work. I got to eat. I got to sleep. Just, I got time for all this yeah, other just, shit. Just don't buy a Necronomicon. <laughs> yeah. You're good to go. Good to go. Yeah. Oh, 
Sorry, I just I was looking at my notes and I wrote, "Please stop kissing her. Please stop kissing her." Oh yeah, y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh, um, Nicholas Cage and yeah. Julie. Richardson. Yeah, yeah, and, with like the. Oh, when she's a monster, yeah. though. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was gonna say it's like, oh, they were being intimate, like whatever, and then I'm like, oh no, well, the then... other time they're kissing the yeah. last. Time. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. sticky. He, he like keeps yeah. falling back in, and I'm like, okay, maybe just yeah. once. Maybe just once. Is and you fine. see like all the slime coming off yeah. his lips. Yeah. Like, stop. Gross. I feel yeah, like. <laughs> I feel like this scene too. I loved what they done when they almost pulled like a like a an opposite kind of dilemma that that typically would happen, at least in my mind. So when he had done, you know, went and shot up the the shunted llamas or alpacas, or whatever the fuck they are, and he comes in there and it's like kind of building up that he's just gonna blow, you know, mm-hmm. the the mom and the kid away too. And in my mind, I was like, well, I wonder if most people are like, which side are they rooting for? Are they rooting for him to go ahead and like put this thing out of its misery? Or are they rooting that he just like doesn't do it? And I I feel like most people would be rooting, at least with a brain like mine, for him to to get rid of this, put it out of its misery. But then when he doesn't do it, you're just kind of like, oh. Yeah. I don't don't know. know. I was in the. I was in the uh, put it out of its misery camp. I feel like yeah. most people would be, but in yeah. but think of like other movies, like especially zombie movies, when someone's about to turn, it's just like, oh, you don't want them to shoot them. But in this case, I think they just pulled a complete, you know, reverse card and you know, maybe I've seen thing. Yeah, maybe I've seen like too many zombie movies and stuff like that where I know by now that it's always better to just their own safety if you know for sure that they're done i don't know i feel like i've experienced enough of that on screen that i'm like "Ah, better do it yeah but then he doesn't but then he doesn't and that is surprising yeah that's surprising yeah exactly yeah it's it's kind of surprising that that's the route they choose to take but but then later he does yeah Yeah, to save his daughter yeah oh my gosh my favorite part of nicholas kate <clears throat> Sorry. I ate popcorn earlier and there's like a piece in my throat. Uh. Um my favorite part of Nicolas Cage's performance is when Ward and the sheriff show up mm-hmm. and he answers the door. Just the way that he's behaving. Oh, it um, seems like his brain is just shutting down. He's like, Oh my you gosh. You know the toxicologist. Yeah, he's like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm he, a hydrologist, I, but uh <laughs> how are you doing? Oh, yeah, my family's just, all right here. See, I, I know. I love that performance. So I kind of have a strange idea of, of what I think is some of the reasoning for this and see if, you make, if it makes sense to anybody else. This whole part is so when they show up, we, we know for a fact that the, the kids have been talking about how like, and, and we see that, that time gets like kind of fucked up around this thing. Mm-hmm. And I think when the the sheriff and the guys show up, I think the idea of these people who've who've been killed by this thing are almost stuck in this weird like time thing where he's still seeing you know another time where his wife is there, his family's there on the couch, and then he's also I... being thrown into. And the reason why it makes me think that is because when he's kind of chasing Ward 
um, he's not like distorted in any way. Like his movements aren't distorted, but Ward's is distorted, and he's seeing different things. Yeah, but he's not a part of it. He's just seeing it. But where they're a part of it, and he's kind of in in and out of it. Maybe I think that's just why. I think he was like legitimately you know, seeing these things. Yeah. I agree yeah. with you. I, I think he does think that he that his family literally is yeah. is in that room with them. Mm. Yeah. But I think it's the weird like break in time that that causes yeah. that to happen. In which that, well, I mean by the time they find Ezra, he's like mummified, you know, even though the same amount of time has passed. It's been like a day. Yeah. Yeah. See, I think that was one of the best scenes in the entire movie just because of how insanely creepy it was. Yeah. Like the voice on the old like tape um playing and then how it was distorted and Oh yeah. Just the the lighting and the music and the vibe yeah. and then the look of, of uh Tommy Chong's character and all of that was just yeah. was like perfect. Definitely. I wrote it down. I wrote down the line where he says, it's just a color, but it burns. Yeah. Oh, I loved that. I wrote it down. Right. Because I love that line. Yeah. And then, of course, uh, my another favorite part was then not too long from that when he's being chased by Nicolas Cage and then he goes down to the cellar and the Nicolas Cage is just like beating on the door, the cellar door, and it's all like weird and distorted and the noise is yeah. distorted and yeah. I was like, yeah. man, this is this is like showing some really cool ideas with like time breakage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good. The climax it, it definitely kinda like hurdles you through it, but I don't mind. I I it it's kind of breakneck, but in a way that I appreciate where I don't feel like it feels rushed. Right, right. It's just because time is weird. Like this is it has distorted time, and so I feel like it's appropriate the mm -hmm. way that it escalates as quickly as it does. Yep. So, yeah. And I like the way it ends. I mean, yeah. maybe some people wouldn't like the way it ends, but I like, you know, I know that we end up on, like, the, the blasted heath, the way the story, the original story calls it, where it's just, like, gray ash, and that's all it is. Yeah. And then at the end, the, you know, I see... You know, we see like a very uh, weathered looking ward smoking a cigarette and looking out at, I guess, what used to be the gardener's land mm -hmm. and is now just a reservoir, which, you know, at the very, very beginning of the movie, like that's the reason Ward had been sent out there. He was doing some like, right. you know, surveying hydrology to make sure that, you know, everything was copacetic, but. I mean, that's that's what I get at the end is like all of the evidence of this crazy occurrence has been covered up by all this water because everything looks fine. But he knows it's not like he has seen it. And it's just like, you know, I felt like in the sky, you could see a little bit of like the color from the color, you know, and I was yeah. like, ooh, it's gonna maybe it could happen again. And oh, I just like that. I like it a lot. Yeah, and then and then like we were talking the end where you know she Lavinia or whatever comes out and it's taken away uh, in the the little space NATO there up and disintegrated and yeah he makes mention he's like you know I'm 
one of the only ones that remembers, you know, yeah. the crazy stuff that's happened. So Yeah. Maybe a one off. Right, this guy is the guy left behind. It's yeah. He's the guy who has to carry Story. all the trauma. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he does yeah. look like they made him look a lot for a second I thought it was a different actor playing. Different guy, but, yeah. But uh yeah, they've made him look legitimate older and like traumatized and just well, yeah, he's gonna... any dialogue. Yeah, he's just you're just like, oh, I hope he doesn't end up like Ezra, you know, like some crazy squatter who has been shunned by society because he's been like spreading this crazy like conspiracy theory or something like that. All I know is he's that the only cigarette. one who's left over. All I know is that cigarette he was smoking was definitely hand rolled. It was hand rolled. Yeah. For sure. The important details. <laughs> so yeah, um, let's go ahead and do our kind of I think it's safe to say we would all recommend it, but any Absolutely. Yeah. Luke, any final comments, thoughts? Uh Nicholas Cage was on a roll that year because this same yeah. year came out the same year as Mandy, which is also a colorful <laughs> eye candy of beautiful <laughs> horror. I can't yep. believe I almost forgot to say that. I had written it down because obviously. So I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah. They are definitely, I'd say that would be a good double feature. This and Kiss and Cousins. Kiss and Cousins, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah man. But uh, yeah, Richard Stanley he hadn't made a movie in a while. Um, Besides so that um, anthology. Triumphant Return. We're going to call about. this a Triumphant Return. Triumphant Return. Yeah. Uh, apparently this was supposed to be part of a trilogy he was going to do, I think, of H.P. Lovecraft movies. But uh He's, uh, yeah, the trilogy's been canceled, apparently, because he found out to have, um, abused his partner. Ugh. Yeah, so. Ugh. Bad news. Well, the, the latest news that I saw on that was he was actually, like, suing them for defamation or something. Oh. That it, so it, that it may not have actually happened, yeah. but who knows? I mean, I. With this yeah. stuff, who knows? Yeah. yeah. So well, more so, than, I, right. yeah. He's probably going to be busy, too busy to uh, make right. a, another yeah. two movies. I was hoping it wasn't like that someone wouldn't pick it up because, like, be like, well, I mean, Spectre. So Spectre Vision is the production company for this movie, and that's Elijah Wood's film production company right. that he started. Um, so I was like, I can't imagine he wouldn't like pick up another one or two of these, but. Yeah, it, if it's that kind of thing, geez, who knows? Right, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I heard they'd sever their ties with them, but yeah, who knows where things will go. We'll just go. have to wait and see. But mm -hmm. if he's an abuser, then fuck him. He doesn't right. be doing anything. <laughs> yeah. He's a very interesting guy. I just wanted to bring up the, the counterpoint. I don't want to paint anybody without sufficient evidence yes we don't yeah. know but yeah we don't know that's the latest and yes like you said if it does come out that it indeed happened then yeah he should never yeah but it if doesn't it mean comes you out can't yeah. then, i mean yeah. it doesn't mean you can't enjoy this movie it's just yeah, yeah. you don't have to you definitely don't have to think this highly is a of <laughs> really uh well-made movie um yes. so it was nice to see i hadn't lost his touch I've never really seen any other movies of his besides Island of Dr. Moreau, which he 
there are some scenes in there, I believe, that he directed, but mm. that's that's a whole story there. That's an interesting one. But uh, that's a whole thing. Ta- I, I watched that Val Kilmer documentary that came out recently, and there was a good chunk um, on that movie. In there. Oh, yeah. He was a very interesting character, Val Kilmer yeah. specifically. There are a lot of interesting characters involved with the making yeah. Moreau movie. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Great comeback. Just we'll see how his actual comeback is mm-hmm. after. Yeah. This next Either comeback. way, this was excellent. Yeah. Definitely worth your time. Just under two hours, so it's not gonna take up your whole night like the last one yeah. we did. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. And it goes by fast, in my opinion. Super it does go fast. by fast. Super you know, I'm pretty sure the wailing was longer than Spider-Man: No Way Home. The Wailing was two hours and 36 minutes long. I said this. Okay. How long was Spider-Man? There's no way they could do a three-hour Spider-Man movie. I don't... Well, it, was doing... a, it was definitely under three hours, but I think so the, it was 230. These big Marvel yeah. movies are always in the 240 range, I yeah. think. I think it was 240. Um, Hasn't Spider-Man been, like, IP yeah. raped to death at this point? Well, everything popular is. Three hours. No, Spider Man, the most recent Spider Man was. Oh, I lost it. Actually, the the most recent ones aren't that long. I thought they were longer. The most recent one was two hours and 28 minutes. So, okay, so the wailing is longer. Wailing is longer than the most recent Spider Man. (laughs) By, By eight minutes. Oh my gosh. So. That's wild. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Had, I'm, gonna, to, I'm gonna suggest it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else I would add outside of what you said. It, it's the the only thing I would say is is I'm blown away all the times I've seen it by by the subtle things, the the tone, the music, the way things are shot, um, the the small details in this. It's just. It, it's it's one of the more impressive movies I think I've seen in probably the last like five to ten years. In my this is my opinion, but that's that's how Very I feel. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. yeah I can watch it again as soon as I. Well, you know, not right away, but I'll definitely watch it again to mm-hmm. try to pick up even more details. Especially, I am absolutely going to actually read the original story, and then I will watch it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. Um. Any last anything? Good. Over. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. No. It's Luke's pick next time, so yeah. you'll have well, to tune of, in to see what he chooses. I'm gonna think of a good one. Yeah, and like just again, like Luke mentioned, if you haven't watched Mandy, or if you haven't watched this, or Mandy, or either, or both, then also maybe Kiss of the Vampire. Yeah. Check that one out. He's really, really, that's a classic Cage performance that will make you appreciate his performance in this one just as much. Right, right. All right, yeah, we'll just, uh, we'll leave it there then. Sounds sounds like we got it all out on this one. I feel good well, about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this movie deserved to be talked about. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I was, I was happy we chose it. So, yeah, well, I guess You were one... happy you chose it. It well, was your pick. <laughs> But it's a democracy here. We all 
You're right. Have our we have veto power. Exactly. We each take our turns picking, but we have veto be- power. That's why we won't be re- uh, reviewing Serbian film, despite how much Ricky wants to rec- review it. You know, Rebecca shot that down. I, I have never seen it. Yes, so, you and I and Brandon watched it. Well, Boy, that sounds like a party. Uh, yeah, we watched it on your computer in your room. I don't remember That is this. so depressing, Luke. <laughs> I know. It's the most depressing thing I've ever heard is three guys watching that on a laptop in their room. It's a PC. It was a, it was a <laughs> PC, I think. I don't that remember may, this. That, so. that might be even worse. You know what? We might have just watched it in your room when you weren't home. Who knows? Oh, yeah. Watched it in your room when you were home. <laughs> well, I don't. I'm fairly certain I've never seen it, and if I uh, have, then I was in no shape to remember it. Put it that well, way. I'm not. Well, or I'm not you doing just it. Chose so. not to remember it because, yeah, no, I never want to watch that movie ever again, and I'm disappointed I did see it. <laughs> all well, right. all we can say is next time it will not be a Serbian film. So it will not be that. Just pay attention to what we're doing, but we can promise you it won't be that. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, sounds good. So that should do it. And uh, yeah, I guess we'll... Thanks thanks for checking out uh, the podcast again. Like I said, I know we've been away for a while, but uh, hopefully people will come back and start listening again and uh, get some enjoyment out of it like we do. So yeah, thanks for listening. See you next time. Peace.